Welcome to Israel Mosaic, Land People's Story. I'm your host, Cora Tarod, and I'm coming to you from the Lower Galilee, where my wife and I live. Thank you for joining me. On today's podcast, I'll be sharing about President Vladimir Putin's false religious ideology and the events of his childhood and adult life, which shaped him into a larger-than-life political figure resembling past tyrants out of the pages of Russia's storied history. The Formative Years No one becomes an autocrat overnight. There has to be a series of life-changing and traumatic events, personal choices, the presence of demonic activity combined with the individual's personality that create the recipe for this transformation to take place. Putin was born in 1952 and spent his childhood in Leningrad in the shadows of World War II. He witnessed the Nazis' 871-day siege of Leningrad, where over a million citizens perished and starvation was rampant. This nightmare setting, the daily struggle to survive from war and seeing wide-scale starvation as a child, I believe greatly impacted Putin's view of reality inside his soul. Putin's father was a devoted communist who worked for the feared law enforcement organization called NKVD. Yet his mother was a devout Russian Orthodox follower and secretly baptized Putin at an early age. This event would be instrumental later on in his political life in how he viewed not only his country, but the rest of the world. Growing up, Putin lived in a communal apartment where he experienced the hardships of poverty. He and his parents lived in a tiny room in a shared apartment complex. They had no bathtub or hot water, and their toilet sat next to a dangerously run-down stairwell that contained many holes. In an article entitled, How Putin Went from a Poor Kid to President, dated February 2022, the author talks about Putin's childhood pastime of living in a rat-infested environment. The author states, and I am paraphrasing his words, In what became a childhood pastime, Putin and his friends chased rats that were always lurking around his apartment stairwell. It was during one of those rodent hunts that the future president learned a life-changing lesson about the dangers of backing opponents into a corner. In Putin's words, he says, Once I spotted a huge rat and pursued it down the hall until I drove it into the corner. It had nowhere to run. Suddenly, it lashed around and threw itself at me. I was surprised and frightened because now the rat was chasing me. Putin got away, but the memory never escaped him. In another article entitled Putin's Messianic Mission, March 20th, 2022, it stated that Putin was a scrawny kid who was bullied, and that drove him to take up judo and sambo, the martial art that teaches one to be stoic despite facing great pain. He became a ruthless street fighter, unafraid to take on bigger opponents, and is quoted as saying, You must hit first, and hit so hard that your opponent will not rise to his feet. Becoming KGB Vladimir Putin as a child admired the brave secret agents he read about in books and saw in the movies. He knew from early on 
that he wanted to be part of the KGB. After studying law at Leningrad State University, he was evaluated by the KGB as a risk-taker with a low sense of fear. While being trained with this organization, he was taught to be predatory and devoted above all else to the Russian state. Putin eventually was sent to Dresden, East Germany, where he had the most pivotal and life-altering experience. Turning Point Most people have experiences that become turning points in their lives and transform their realities forever. For Putin, that turning point happened in East Germany. I remember as a first-year student at Bible school watching the collapse of the Berlin Wall. Putin lived it. Suddenly, Putin's life of comfort in Dresden, East Germany, attracted crowds of people around his KGB headquarters. He was 37 years old, and he panicked at what was happening. He called the Soviet military for backup assistance, but no help came. He said years later, in his own words, and I quote, I got the feeling that the country no longer existed, that it had disappeared, end quote. Vladimir Putin was completely traumatized. He felt betrayed by the total collapse of the former Soviet Union and the experience instilled in him a hatred for democratic mobs and bitter resentment for the West. Putin's Nostalgic Obsession Putin's obsession was fueled by the trauma he had witnessed firsthand as a member of the KGB in the former East Germany. After becoming Russia's president, he wanted to avenge and restore the nation that he deeply cared for and loved to its former glory. A glory that once owned Finland and the northern parts of Sweden, and now seeks to be a super-centralized sovereignty, expanding its borders back to the former Soviet Union. Yet although Putin's obsession is connected to Russia's former glory, I believe it is much more than that. Back in Putin's childhood, there was a religious seed that was planted years ago by his mother that went tragically misguided and was beginning to germinate. The Return to His Mother's Organized Religion Vladimir Putin could be seen wearing a baptismal cross around his neck and embracing the Russian Orthodox Church as a sign of the core element of Russian nationalistic identity. During the third week of March, Putin held a rally of more than 200,000 people at Luzhniki Stadium celebrating the 8th anniversary of Russia seizing the Crimea Peninsula from Ukraine. During his speech, he praised his country's troops, saying, and I quote, We have not had unity like this for a long time. He then paraphrased the Bible, saying, There is no greater love than giving up one's soul for one's friends. End quote. The church leaders of the organized religion of Russian Orthodoxy share Putin's vision of restoring Holy Mother Russia, the distancing from the decaying of the West, and the attempt to recapture former republics of the Soviet Union. Patriarch Kirill, head of the Russian Orthodox Church, called Putin a quote-unquote miracle from God, and now Putin has fully embraced himself as Russia's full-fledged messianic figure. The Third Rome In an article entitled Russia's Deep-Seated Messianic Complex by Benjamin Rose, dated March 15, 2022, he states that Putin sees himself as a messianic figure 
and is the driving force behind both of his decisions to invade Ukraine and his penchant for adventurism in foreign policy. Putin has aligned himself to a 16th century theology called, quote-unquote, the Third Rome. This concept propels Moscow's messianic view of itself as a central global player in the New World Order. The history of the idea of the Third Rome goes back to 1453, when the Turks defeated the Byzantine Empire, whose seat of power was Constantinople. Russia viewed the fall of Constantinople as a divine punishment to the Greeks, following a centuries-old schism between the Greek and Orthodox churches. In the 16th century, the Russian monk Philotheus wrote an epistle to Tsar Vasily III, stating that Moscow had replaced Constantinople, which he called the Second Rome, and as the third and final Rome, Moscow would serve as the spiritual center of the entire quote-unquote Christian world, charged with special responsibility for the salvation of all humanity. Putin's desire to reenact this medieval Russian Orthodox tradition is now being witnessed on the world stage. Vladimir Putin's view of himself as Russia's savior has been consistent since the invasion of Crimea eight years ago, and his quest for more former republics seemed to be on his radar. Where will Putin's desire to restore Russia's former empire take him? No one knows. When will he escape his real-life matrix of spiritual disillusionment? Only one can hope and pray soon. Putin's War The global coronavirus pandemic, which began in 2020, made Putin feel the strain for his country economically and politically. He shared with the World Economic Forum in an unexpected virtual address on January of 2021 his deep concerns that the COVID-19 pandemic had exacerbated pre-existing global problems and imbalances, and that these same imbalances could detonate to a point where there is a fight of all against all. In an article entitled Putin Warns of All Against All If Global Tensions Are Not Resolved, Putin said that the pandemic crisis had increased social stratification, populism, and right versus left-wing radicalism. He also went on to explain that the domestic political process was becoming increasingly violent. Putin at this meeting with the global leaders threatened and warned that in the 20th century, the failure and inability of nations to centrally resolve pressing issues resulted in the catastrophic World War II. He reiterated that the situation might get out of control if the world sits on their collective hands and does nothing to avoid it. Are the words spoken by Vladimir Putin over a year ago at the World Economic Forum leading to a third world war? Only time will tell. Only one Messiah. Political and false religious leaders from Stalin, Lenin, Pol Pot, Mao Zedong, Idi Amin, Fidel Castro and Omar el-Qaddafi, Jim Jones, and now Vladimir Putin, have seen themselves, each in their own individual ways, as messianic figures for their respective countries and cult followings. 
each one believing that they and only they held all the answers to all of their countries and followers' diverse set of issues and challenges. Yet, although these leaders have had tremendous power, captivating oratory skills, and persuasive salesman-like abilities displayed towards their devoted followers, they all lacked maybe the most overlooked leadership skill, which is having a true and godly moral compass. The popular VidAngel studio series called The Chosen had a powerful moment during the second season. The actor who played Judas Iscariot, the disciple who handled the finances, made a thought-provoking statement regarding earthly power. Judas shares this statement to his friend and business partner on one of the closing episodes. He said, and I quote, There is only one true king in heaven, and everyone else, even Caesar, is enjoying illusions of power and wealth. Sooner or later, we all become dust. End quote. There can only be one living and true Messiah of Israel and for the rest of humanity. That Messiah's name in Hebrew is Yeshua ben David, which in English is Jesus, son of David. He is both the suffering servant and the conquering lion of the tribe of Judah. He and only he will lead the world in righteousness and establish his heavenly kingdom here on earth. The prophet Isaiah writes in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and lets his readers know for all eternity about God's coming theocratic rule led by Israel's Messiah. He says, And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Join me next time on Israel Mosaic, Land People's Story, when I'll be sharing with you more current news from Israel. See you soon.